0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's live from Thursday early (laughs) afternoon. What's up? Elliot Lane, Javier Jase here to bring you the coolest people in cannabis. We may or may not be talking about us, but we're for sure talking about a couple interviews later on in the show. Thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate it. A lot of news happening, cannabis earnings. We're going to get into all that. But first and foremost, get us started. Producer Aaron Thomas. Where to start today? Y'all, thank you so much for sticking around with us. Really appreciate it. We, as I mentioned, are in the beginning, almost to the heart of cannabis earnings season. Uh We had Merimed come out yesterday. We obviously started off the the event uh, of Q2 earnings season here with Tilray last week. That was a, a huge announcement. But Javi, how are we doing so far, man? I'm going to be honest. I think Q2 earnings thus far have been good. They've been good.
1: Well, you mentioned MerriMed, MRMD, mm-hmm. revenue growth of 10.7% year over year. Uh gross profits also larger than last year at 16.4 million versus 15 for last year. Uh gross margins a little bit uh, shr- uh shrunk just a little bit, 40 like you know, just like 0, 0. 0.7 percentage points. Um but overall very good very good yeah like six percent sequential
0: growth too that always worth noting sequential growth i think uh, yeah. the cannabis space because a amazing. lot of times you'll see improvement year over year but down 12 percent sequentially
1: but then it's like seasonal right there's mm-hmm. there's other elements playing into into sequential growth that's why i like always to to check out the year oh. over year it's like when when you report in restaurants right you look at same store sales right Uh, to understand like apples to apples, right?
0: Right. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting both. I will say Meramed, I think is one of the cleaner balance sheets of public cannabis companies. doesn't mean that they don't have, you know, you know, some leverages on there, but when I look at their balance sheet, they have a really awesome credit. Um, you know, a, a credit opportunity there as reported by Viridian capital last week. Uh, one of the best in the industry actually. Uh, and obviously they are growing um, up to, gosh, 120 million a, a year plus. Uh, and their market cap um, is rapidly approaching some of the larger names on the LP side. So I don't know, MerriMed for sure is one that I keep an eye on. And honestly, a lot of, um, I think, well-seasoned um, well, re- uh, well seasoned retail investors are also in on this one. Yeah. So just I- no financial advice here. Meramed, though, I think a very clean opportunity.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong, but the CEO is speaking at the Benzinga Cannabis Capital.
0: You before. are not wrong. John Levine, CEO of MariMed, will be interviewed in a fireside chat by Eric Sloan, the CRO of Sibo Canada. Uh, so that's going to be awesome. Uh, really Woo, phenomenal really cool. chat by a great operator, and then of course, Sibo. Uh, now, uh, of course, they took over Neo Stock Exchanges, is where Eric came from. But Sibo, of course, the only exchange. Uh, that will soon have in the U.S. That will soon have a cannabis listed stock being Columbia Care. Hopefully, nice. So that'll be interesting, right? When you if you can uplist Columbia Care now that they're not going through with the merger from Cresco to Sibo in the U.S. Very I good. mean, that's as big of news as the TSX listing for Terrasend, I think.
1: If not bigger, if, if not, not bigger,
0: bigger. Because liquidity here, though it you... might be a little bit lacking liquidity wise, but I think. News. Yeah. I mean, it's not big. so much.
1: SIBO is one of the top 10 exchanges in the world, I believe, by They're volume. Huge. Granted, they, they trade a lot more in, in, in futures and, and stuff like that, but their volume is massive. And people investing are pretty agnostic, right? If they see an opportunity, they will jump into it.
0: Yeah. I don't think it's set, by the way. ColumbiaCare is not just going to automatically be on SIBO uh, in the US, but I do think that that is the next MSO domino to fall in that outside of maybe purely hitting the TSX sooner. Um okay, Javier. So a few stocks are watching here man. Merrimed, one other one I want to call out. I don't know if you have it on your watch list here, but High Tide. They got some really decent notes from analysts. Steifel initiated coverage of High Tide, H I T I on the Nasdaq. Um they also got a buy rating from who is it? Piper Sandler? I don't know. It was another, it was another bank. I uh, gave him a buy rating. Uh, Stiefel initiated with the buy. So overall, I think analysts relatively bullish on what they're calling the leading Canadian cannabis retailer.
1: Bro, you called this like three years ago. You've been- I did. I did. About High Tide, about Rash Grover forever, about their model, about their technology platform. Uh, they're so good. Up with Mr. Cannabis Stocks, not I- recommendation.
0: I have <laughs> always loved high tide. I've always loved it. Cause I thought their model was very global. They have a lot of assets. If they need any, any type of liquidation, uh, they're going to be around for a long time. They're either a, a really good exit opportunity, but I don't think that's their plan because they are international. You know, they have a paraphernalia business here in the U S uh, they have a warehouse in Las Vegas that we toured, uh, our producer, Aaron Thomas and I toured two MJ biz events ago. um, mm-hmm. I just, I think high tide is a very clean stock and analysts jumping on board. I got to say the validation feels good. Christopher Jimenez. Yeah. Hello. Thoughts on Cura Leaf, C U R A on the whatever exchange on, and then C-U-R-L-F on the OTC. Yeah. But I, you know, I think Cureleaf mean, could get a nice big boost if they hit the TSX, but it's not going to be in the very near future. I doubt it's even this year. Yeah, um, I, mean,
1: I, I I think that the company overall like it's one of the biggest in America. Yeah, it's not so going they, anywhere. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good company, but like they have hit for instance a snag in, in Jersey. Uh I remember maybe in July or something like that. Like yeah, a few weeks ago they 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 cut their workforce in Jersey as you know, amid a mid-market cut. Um you know it's it's tough times for everyone for sure, but uh I I do like the the prospect for this company, and as you were saying earlier, you know this is another international company, right? With operations in mm-hmm. Europe, uh,
0: diversified, well-funded. Boris came out and said something on um, X. God, it takes everything in me not to call it Twitter. Also, are they tweets? Are they e- excerpts? Excerpts by experts on X? Like, like what? What is it? Somebody help me out. What, what do we call these? Uh, formerly known as tweets tweets screw it i'm not changing (laughs) obviously screw it
1: the day they launched they were even suggesting that video on the platform was called x videos which is something else
0: is it x spaces now (laughs) screw that man or spacex x spaces spacex oh come on i love that one space come on elon musk i'm available for hire for your marketing department thank you so much (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean, well, Dude. you can give alexa a call uh alexa we from do.
0: x is Yo, also gonna be she's gonna be djing our after party spoiler, spoiler alert well they better watch the oh. show and they get
1: spoilers oh, here, here's something extremely funny amazing different unique very cool
0: screw uh, the celebrities alexa's bigger than
1: executives them executives in twitter x executives so like current Executives at X formerly Twitter, yep. Um, they're DJing our after party at the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference happening in guess where Chicago, September 27th and 28th. bccannabis.com. Come join us. Uh, you've already seen some of the lineup, Marimed again. Uh, a bunch of big speakers, it's
0: gonna be good. We've added several recently, y'all. Politico. It's going to be joining us to moderate a panel yeah. I and mean, we we have some great media outlets, uh, which means some great coverage will be coming out of the event as well. I think green market report. I think ad week is going to be there reporting y'all this we'll event. Be better. Yeah. And, and keep an eye, you know, and, and I think this is where the show comes in handy, right? We always talk about our event. We always talk about news on our show, but our show comes in handy as well as cannabis daily and as well as Javier's news desk. Uh, you can find this news in multiple different channels but headlines, right? Any legislative headline, Senate Banking Committee takes a vote on September 26th up to September 26th, 7th, really, or 8th, the sentiment around this event changes. MA potentially comes out of it. Um, investments potentially come out of it. If it, if the HHS gets off its hands, takes that decision out of a drawer and hands it to the DEA, perhaps that happens. I don't think that's gonna happen before September 27th and 28th, but I hope I'm wrong. But keep an eye on any of that, because if if anything like that happens, the entire mood of the industry shifts, let alone an industry event. And I'm excited for it. And Javi, by by the time we get to Miami in mid-April of 2024 uh, for our event um, after this coming up, this upcoming one, uh, it's going to be, I think, a different ballgame.
1: Hope so. Fingers crossed, man.
0: Elliot stepping off his pedestal. All
1: right, Javi, what else is on your mind today, man? I I want your opinion on this. Uh, Jesse Ventura, the the former governor of Minnesota, is seeking to launch his own cannabis brand.
0: Why the hell not? Is it like he set up the cannabis laws or like supported them and then is profiting off them? Is that the issue?
1: Uh no, I mean it's fair. It's fair. He said, I want to be the first uh, major politician in America who puts his likeness likeness face and everything behind cannabis. To be fair, Joe Exotic has done it first. <laughs> 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 He's <a major> politician. <laughs> but presidential candidate notwithstanding, former sheriff,
0: uh run for I have $1. zero $1. issue with this. Do you, I mean, now if you're in office and you're profiting off your decisions, no. Huge conflict of interest, right? I totally get that. The The consultant that was the whatever official in Oregon is a perfect example of that scandal earlier this year. But I think once you're you know, back to a, a regular private citizen, you have every right to yeah. invest. You have every right to, to create a business. Uh, and overall, his decision helped an industry. It helped a lot of people. And the only people who didn't profit off of it we're other lobbyists. So as far as I'm concerned, let the man fair. make some money.
1: Fair, fair. Following the footsteps of John Boehner, who years ago uh, affiliated with uh, Acreage Holdings. Uh, Vicente Fox, former president of Mexico, is also in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember which company he's associated to right now. I know he worked with and with High Times. Now he works Ooh, with I, I got and shops and
0: in, in, in Mexico, shoot. Javier Haas, international man of mystery, also in cannabis. Um, but that being said, I, I honestly, I'm all for Jesse Ventura doing this.
1: My my, uh, my own cannabis brands. Well, I will say. Name, the Javi Haze.
0: The Javi Haze. And,
1: and here's one that uh, I don't know if I want to share it or. Or, or the it Hazy
0: Haas. Hazy Hazy Javi.
1: Wait, I had one that was just great and, and I forgot about Y'all, it.
0: I do drop, sure. yes. drop your hobby or Haas cannabis names into the chat. All right. Here's the
1: one I want. This is my rapper name. If anyone steals it, I will know you took it from here. <laughs> Grandmaster Hash.
0: Grandmaster Hash. So it's like Grandmaster Flash from, mm.
1: from right. the old hip-hop days. Grandmaster
0: it, You guys ever notice, though, that like picking brand names for cannabis is almost like picking a drag name? <laughs> <laughs> so your first pet and uh, the... Exactly. Yeah. On. Yeah, what is this? Um, all right. Next up, guys. I know we're here to talk about cannabis stocks. Thanks for, for chilling with us. IIPR. Uh, they yes, released sir. their 2-2. Uh, they beat expectations, a really solid quarter, generated 76.5 million in revenues, up 8%, somewhere north of $2 billion market cap, drove net income of approximately $1.44 per share for a total of almost 41 million bucks. Quarterly dividend for each common share was dollar. Yeah. Three. So uh, IIPR, this is this is why states. this matters, right? This is why a REIT like IIPR matters. IIPR was one of the headlines going into 2023 after politicians failed to do anything was safe at the end of 2022, that people weren't going to be able to pay their bills. IIPR, we started to see, I think a couple companies default. They weren't paying, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and here we are, um, two reports later, Two, two quarterly reports later, uh, an IIPR is putting out something like that, right? I think what is happening right now, the industry and the markets themselves are terrible, right? People are suffering. However, if you're able to shift your business to operationally efficient and cash flow positive and you're not too deep in it, that's what we're seeing right? You know, people who have resources like IPR are going to turn around. These large MSOs are not going anywhere because they have resources and they have a lot of people that have put money into them and are behind them. And that's why Canopy is not going anywhere either.
1: Nope. I mean, $8
0: billion from Constellation are not going to waste. No, Canopy is not disappearing. I'm sorry to say they're not going to be a $0 price target. It's not
1: happening who do we have from Canopy at the business?
0: Look at that
1: segue company or a lawmaker or someone. And and like every time it's like almost it's, it's, uh, it's a plus. So (laughs) if y'all want
0: to hear what Canopy is doing, right. They, they have uh, improved their debt. Uh, Their NT debt um, is, is pretty much addressed. Their LZ debt, not so much. Um, You know, there are other things on their balance sheet that we don't like, but they are moving in the right direction. Whether they make it there or not, of course, is the big debate. But we will have CEO David Klein at our event. He will be one of the closing, if not the closing keynote, wrapping up on September 28th. We'll also have their chief strategy officer, Chris Edwards, will be speaking about strategies moving into the US, obviously the only topic we want to hear Canopy address. (laughs) (laughs) is their Canopy USA and their strategies of moving into the U.S. and their updates there. So all in all, um, if you're interested in content around the stock of CGC, uh, you better be watching the content September 27th and 28th, because they are going to be addressing it.
1: Did you already peep? The Maryland figures. If not, I, I want to quiz you. But if you've seen it, it makes sense.
0: I've difference. seen it. I don't want to okay. lie
1: to you. So I'm going to just show.
0: I it. love the comparison, though. Somebody made between Maryland, Missouri's first months on the job versus New York's six months on the job. It was sad. But Missouri okay. and Maryland are hot.
1: Housing Works did sell like 12 million bucks, right, in in, in, in cannabis. Who did? Housing
0: Works. Housing Works did. Six months. Six months, though. Thirty-three million dollars total in the state of New York.
1: Yeah, so this is eighty-seven million in just the first month in Maryland, uh, making honor to its name. Of course, the, the 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 joke is just sitting there. Even like on the first uh, seven days, uh, licensed shops raked in twenty-one million dollars almost. Uh, Jersey sold twenty-four million in July, <laughs> which
0: i I am like extremely surprised by by what new york or maryland no maryland yeah maryland i i'm 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 very pleasantly surprised i mean you think about yeah baltimore um you know you you have dc dc residents probably driving across um their small border there um Right, so you have some some pretty high metropolitans, but with Missouri, you not only have Kansas City and St. Louis, but you have surrounding states just just streamlining into into Missouri.
1: Look at Elliot, the cartographer.
0: <laughs> I'll take that. Hey man, if I if I ever lose my job in cannabis, uh, I'm going to go into map making. I um, love maps, it's like my favorite thing. Ooh, ooh, another good segue. Uh, federal people <laughs> basically told consumers, federal people, federal people <laughs> told consumers, it, you need to buy a map to avoid smoking marijuana in national forests in the state of Minnesota. So if you're looking for a map, apparently I can provide it for you. Uh, I'll draw it right up. Um, uh, but make sure you do not smoke weed in national forests in Minnesota, or apparently I guess you will be prosecuted.
1: So Have you ever heard of this thingy? The iPhone? It's called a phone and it, it, it's got <laughs> the map in it, you know? You sassy. <laughs> you need to buy a map, they said. The only reason I would buy a map is like I'm out of rolling papers. It's like, okay, whatever.
0: <laughs> I'm not old, too. <coughs> Go to your nearest gas station. Um, all right, Javi, keep it going, man. What else do we have on our docket today?
1: Cool news out of Puerto Rico where IGC Pharma is developing a clinical trial um for Alzheimer's disease which Great. I think holds quite a bit of promise. It does it? Um like what like what stage are they in? No, this is like very early. This is, I think it's like phase 2 clinical trial uh at the moment.
0: All right, so Javi, Let, let's let's set some groundwork knowledge base here, right? So uh, let's like, let's look at this from a try, like a base perspective, which is what I'm basically looking at medicinally when it Mm -hmm. comes to cannabinoids. How does THC directly affect memory, right? Right. You know, to my understanding, I don't have that understanding. So that maybe it's something for us to cover, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's something for us to do a little bit more digging unless you have info on it for what's me. Now, the but
1: again? I am not a scientist. So, but like, what's the question?
0: What you're not, maybe <laughs> producer AT is, um, no, I just don't understand how the cannabis plant is. Uh, I'm assuming there are, there are other parts of this drug and this medicine that they are, um, matching THC with, but I'd be interested in the purpose that THC plays within a medicine like this.
1: I mean, there's no evidence at the moment, like full scientific evidence. That's the whole point of, of conducting a clinical trial, right? To to find out and confirm what we think. Uh, but th- but there is like things like there's some studies that suggest that um, that it that it could have a positive effect on the brain. But again, it's like there's also studies that, that say that the opposite, right? When it comes to THC. I will do deeper research.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. If you guys know in the audience, you know, I, I wish I knew everything, make my life a lot easier. Um, but I'll do some research as well. Um, but I, I find it interesting, right? Like cannabis, cannabis, <laughs> cannabis is an amazing plant, right? But I'm just curious, like, where does it, where does it sit in the overall um, medicinal quality. We actually have a guest uh, that just joined us that I truly think could help us understand what it's done for her and and the power of the plant as she sees it. Javi, do you want to bring her on over, man? Sure, 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 sure. Today we have the author of the successful entrepreneur, now
1: also available in español, J. M. Babona. At, let's
0: bring her on. Good afternoon, JM. How are you?
2: I'm great. How are you guys?
0: Good. Lovely, lovely to have you. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, A lot to talk about in the cannabis industry. Never a boring day. But if you don't mind, JM, can you just give us a little sense of your journey um, with the plants in the industry uh, and where you sit in all this?
2: I mean, I got to say, cannabis saved my life. Um, uh, I was in the military. Um, I was not a cannabis consumer prior to the military. I mean, I did in college, but not necessarily, you know, um, avidly. And so um, I was uh, lucky enough to come across somebody that told me, you know, educated me about the uh, medicinal benefits of cannabis. Um, I was dealing with a sleep disorder that came from a concussion, um, uh, because I suffered a traumatic brain injury, um, while I was in the military, uh, serving and, um, cannabis pretty much helps me to sleep. It helps me to rest. Um, prior to that, I had that sleeping disorder for three years. Imagine wow. not sleeping through the night, waking up, um, you know, with the whole PTSD and, and the, um, and, and what the TBI cost, uh, Waking up every hour, you know, not being able to get an actual uh, consistent sleep through the night for three years. So I was super tense, I started getting depression, started, um, you know, having even attitude problems because I was always so tense um, and tired. And so one, you know, one night smoking a joint with a friend, I slept like a baby and that was it for me. Um, I started my journey as a patient, um, and then, you know, once I'm going to the dispensaries and seeing, you know, the flow of traffic, I'm like, wait a minute, this is, this is an actual like industry. Um, I always, uh, you know, I come from a family of entrepreneurs and just seeing, you know, put into and to together. Um, I started just looking into it and, and met my business partner in the rets's history. You know, we've been, um, I've been in the industry since 2014, um, you know, have focused on the licensing um, because San Diego, where I'm from at that point, was starting to develop their licensing uh, programs to allow people to do cultivation Mm -hmm. and and all the different um, operations in that legal landscape. And so I started there early and um, here we are.
0: (laughs) Uh, One follow-up and then Javi can jump in. Are you focused in in your work within the cannabis space? You're obviously a patient as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it comes to your work in the cannabis space, a, is it more as a consultant and, and you help other people thrive? Uh, yes. And then B, um, wh- where? Is it just specifically California that you uh, work or do you work across the country?
2: No. So through doing consultant work, I have championed over 40 licenses throughout the legal states in California. I'm from uh, Washington State, um, Hawaii, uh, Illinois, and uh, uh uh, Colorado in, so in Las Vegas and in Nevada, specifically in Las Vegas, a few a few there. And so with that, um, I also have my own licenses that we have championed with, with the businesses that I um, uh, helped to found. And so what we did is since we started early with the applications and, and reviewing and understanding uh, the language, uh, and the requirements, um, from there, you know, having our own licenses, individuals were looking at us like, Hey, how to, can you help us? you know, we're, we're going through the process. And so we started a consulting firm and, you know, helped people like that. And that's why I wrote the book because I, I realized that a lot of people, um, didn't necessarily, they wanted to be in the space because perhaps they were doing it, um, as a legacy operator before, you know, the legal landscape started, um, uh you know arriving and so uh, i wrote the book to put that information out there um and uh, just knowing that you know maybe i had a little bit more information than other people since i since i started in the early days um just uh wanted to you know to give my two cents and and make sure i um had all that information in one place where people can just, um, find it and read it. And, and not only, you know, about the actual ins and out of the industry, but also the personal development, you know, that the stamina that you have to have in order to, um, deal with 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 an industry that is federally illegal and all the things that happen you know the changes and how to circumvent you know your personal and with the business side of things and so the book is pretty much a combination of those things um but no i have you know my own licenses here in san diego um california Um, we have a retail location we have a manufacturing distribution facility um and and so i do both essentially (laughs) long story short (laughs) Uh, we'll get back to these ventures, but you know, if 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 you could give us a, a couple of insights,
1: key lessons, and takeaways from your book, like tease it enough so that people are interested in buying it, but but give us a little bit of a sense of of the kind of teachings that we could get from the successful. Absolutely, family.
2: I I try to do a few. Uh, I my approach was, you know, to tell my personal story of how I went from a patient. Um, to a professional in the space and then migrated to being an entrepreneur, Um, you know, by working my butt off um, and then getting sweat equity from some of the businesses that I was helping. Um, And then, you know, just give an insight as to, you know, um, what is, you know, the difference between being in the CBD space only, and then the differences between the licenses, as far as like the retail license, the manufacturing distribution, even like lab testing. And, and you know, that's a way also to, to get into the space, um, cultivation and just, the, uh, just identifying the different verticals, um, that people can get into. And then, you know, uh, the approaches was also reflective where, where I pretty much, um, let the reader see in themselves, like, what do you bring to the table, you know, and then understand what you bring to the table and, and how you can provide value to the space. And this is the space, and this is what it looks like. These are the hardships. This is the opportunity. Um, and then at the end in the chapter, um, the mindset is the last chapter is the mindset of a successful entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, giving you, uh, some strategies of, of how to make sure your mind, your mental health is taken care of. Um, and, and, you know, in how I did it, um, and I was able to stay in the industry and, you know, I, I, sometimes I, um, uh, the successful entrepreneur doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, oh my gosh, I'm this successful person all the time. You know, it's it's just being able to still s- stay in this industry and maintain and, and withstand yeah. the difficulties and the dynamic environment and all the if changes. Successfully
1: navigate it and stay afloat. Exactly. It's like, yeah. If you're floating on a door.
2: Like <laughs> Titanic. You, can, you be not Jack, but the lady. <laughs> Essentially. So-
0: so, you know, JM, uh, you've been in the space for a while. Mm-hmm. You have uh, a book really about entrepreneurialism in cannabis um, and helping people find how to be a successful one uh, with their strengths and improving their weaknesses. Can you give me a sense of what is one thing that cannabis entrepreneurs in your eyes uh, just consistently lack? Like, what is the one piece of knowledge? The one piece of experience, or just the one resource that you find, is always in need.
2: Capital, (laughs) I would (laughs) say that. You know that that is, I think, one of the things that is keeping the industry, um, the growth. Like I don't want to say stagnant because there's still growth happening. You know, we're getting creative. Um, in the way uh, that we circumvent these challenges, but the lack of access to capital, mm-hmm. you know, like a regular business, um, I believe that makes a lot of people give up. You know, you start your your journey. Um, you may have your own capital, and then you, you know you you invest it all, and next thing you know, you know. In all industries, business need capital to grow. You know, you scale by you know raising capital, um, and being able to you know buy. Bigger properties, you know, higher, yeah. more qualified individuals. And then in this industry, the lack of capital, you know, and access to to capital like regular businesses, you know, I think that is the main thing um, that keeps people from being able to to get to the next level faster or, you know, or, or, or traditional in a traditional way. You know, we're a little bit over time, but I, I, I
1: got to ask you one more question to close it up. Why do you want to boycott shitty weed? What do you want against <laughs> shitty weed? I, don't know. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> no, i But like, explain it, please. What you know, is so what boycott, is
2: BSW? Boycott shitty weed is my advocacy. Um, my advocacy brand. Um, with that, the message is, you know, there's more than just consumption. First of all, yes. It is important to make sure that you know that the quality of the cannabis you're consuming um, is good because we have an endocannabinoid system. You know, this is not just, you know, drinking malt liquor to forget your your your, wo- your woes and, and stuff like that. Um, I always advocate for the intentional use, you know, the plant can help you with things like anxiety. And I'm speaking from my personal experience, you know, even if I want to get creative, I know the strains, you know, that what to consume in order to bring that out of me. So I think that's super important. And that's one sense. The other part is understanding, you know, that supporting businesses that support, let's say, social equity, so support diversity and inclusion, support, you know, um, things that are important to the community, and that's another part, you know, if, if a business is not doing that, a cannabis business in particular or any business, um, I boycott that, too. And so that's just a part. Um, it's a layered, a layered um, thing. But for the, the brand itself, um, in the advocacy side of things, it, I use the different collections that we put out to put out information um, about the industry, the cannabis plant in itself, like why prohibition and, you know, um, was horrible and you know what led us there so for instance my second collection is called propaganda heroes versus villains in that one i used the different logos and and, in graphics to expose you know why what nixon did and how you know he criminalized uh Uh, cannabis and obviously, uh, drug abuse when it's actually a health issue. And so with all the content that we put out, we just, um, explain those things just to educate individuals about how we got to where we are and also educating about how they can contribute to a better future.
1: Love it. Uh, One quick one to close it up. And this is like a yes or no question, but it's like, this is a debate that has been ongoing here. It's, um, is all cheap weed shitty? or can great cannabis be affordable?
2: I think great cannabis can be affordable. I mean Ooh. for instance here in California, you can grow six plants and so um, you can do it on your own and, Ooh, yeah. and, and make sure that you know you're using um, inputs for to grow the plant that are that are good and not necessarily you know super expensive. I think it, it gets expensive when you, um, that when the greed sits in of of you know of, of of corporate um but it doesn't have to be like that in my opinion i Lovely. feel like a lot of the times when you have individuals that know what they're doing and doing it for the culture doing it um for the for to make the industry be uh, cuz you know the culture of cannabis is community and compassion and so it started like that people had in the past were contributing and people were consuming uh, quality stuff for medicinal purposes, you know, um, back in the '90s and '80s, to help people with uh, that were dealing with AIDS and cancer and things of that nature, and so it was affordable. Most people were giving it out for free. You know, Dennis Perone, um, Mary Jane Randburn, like, and so yes, it is possible. You know, long story short, in my Love opinion.
1: It. Uh, nuestra amiga dominicana, J.M. Balbuena, is a woman of many hats, author of a Successful Entrepreneur, <laughs> Advocate, Entrepreneur, Filmmaker, Navy vet, Managing Partner at Jax, CMO at Prime Harvest, the creator of Boycott Shitty Weed, and I don't know how many other things. Go check her out on social media. J.M., thank you so much for joining us.
2: Oh, so thank you,
0: for- J.M. Really for- insightful.
2: Muchas gracias a ustedes. Thank you very much, you guys. Have a thank good- you.
0: We'll talk to you soon. i good. I wish we could have um, gotten to the veteran aspect. You, you know, it's it's one conversation. I don't think we have enough on here. But that being said,
1: conversation for another day.
0: Back. So hey, we should have her back. JM, you're coming back. Um, awesome, y'all. Really appreciate you all tuning in. That's it for today. A lot of stocks to cover. It won't stop. We'll be back on Tuesday at 1 Eastern time.
1: Did I mention that we have a conference coming up?
0: Come <laughs> so, on, uh, bcannabis.com. You know the drill. Yep. Get your tickets. elliot O T two zero for 20% off your tickets. Elliot 20. Go ahead and grab them now. Uh, We have a stacked agenda, y'all. It is going to be sick. Um, Benzinga.com slash cannabis for all your news throughout the day or download the Benzinga app and scroll over to the cannabis news feed. It's stellar. Uh, With that said, we will see you again tomorrow morning for Cannabis Daily, and we will see you again here one Eastern time on Tuesday for another wonderful round of interviews. Until then. Peace. Peace.